The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC in Chicago for 17 years. Yes, I am the baby boomer. And I'm Jason Canander, contributing writer for Busting Brackets with Fansided. And, you know, we have a lot of sports that um, we talk about in our household. And what we realize is that it bridges the generation gap between us. So that's what this podcast is about, discussing sports from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And a reminder, if you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash sportscaster and follow the simple instructions. In this episode, International Women's Day, it was celebrated March 8th. They do it every year, but this year it was historical in the sense that NBC Sports put an all-female crew in place to produce, direct, and broadcast the NHL's Blackhawks and Blues game at the United Center in Chicago. The producers were Renee Hadlid, Caitlin Erka, Director, an old friend of mine, Lisa Seltzer. She came out of retirement, actually, to direct the game. Olympic hockey players A.J. Malechko and Kendall Coyne-Schofield. They were the analysts and on-glass reporters. Catherine Tappan and Jennifer Botterill were in studio. All of these women have done these jobs before. They just were always on mixed crews and broadcasts. This was the first for the NHL to put all the women together on one game. Jason, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I didn't really think that like the quality was any different. I just thought like it was maybe a little bit of an adjustment to hear only women because sometimes you watch the NBA and there'll be like Doris Burke or a couple like women on the side or on the court. Um, but hearing all women and like no men voices was a little interesting. But it didn't take away from the game, didn't take away from the broadcast, and it was really just kind of normal. Well, the first time you heard Doris Burke, was it? Did it phase you in any way? Uh, not really. I think maybe more of like the first time I heard Beth Mullins because she actually does play by play. Doris Burke is more of a color commentator. So, um, I think the first time like I heard a woman do the majority of the talking was a little different. Um, Doris Burke was just kind of normal because she's on all the national broadcasts. It's kind of normal to have the, um, male play by play, one male color commentator, and then another female color commentator. And that's just kind of how I assume that it always is and what I'm accustomed to. Well, the one voice that you heard on the all-women's broadcast of the Blackhawks-Blues game was that of play-by-play announcer Kate Scott. Kate Scott has an extensive background in doing play-by-play. Uh, she has done uh, football since high school. Uh, high school games, I should say, not since she was in high school. Uh, she has called college games, and um, they tapped her for Olympics as well. And she was the last one added to the all-women's crew. We welcome Kate Scott to the podcast. Kate, this was so exciting to see you guys last weekend um, make history in broadcasting. And people are going to laugh, and I'll tell you right now, Jason's probably going to laugh at me. When I say, when I watched (laughs) you guys, I stood in the middle of the living room, and I had tears in my eyes because it was so amazing to see a network broadcast like this with all women. I don't know if you guys felt the love. 
Uh, we definitely felt the love, Peggy, and thank you so much for sharing that story with me. Um, and actually, that's kind of one of the things that we have been, I, I don't know if it's most surprised about, but we have been overwhelmed um, with love from all over the globe, from men, women, young and old. Uh, you know, we were just hoping to make this any other broadcast, and it seems like somehow, some way, we hit a nerve with a lot of folks, and it became so much more than that. So it has been wonderful kind of just basking in the glow of hopefully uh, having, you know, a lot of folks like you who were able to celebrate something that they always hoped would happen, but never never really sure we were going to see the day. So give me the genesis of this. Um, from what I read, there was another producer, Caitlin Urka, who actually came up with the mm-hmm. idea. How did the pitch go about? How did the they formulate? This was your first NHL play-by-play broadcast, right? It was. <laughs> yep. And uh, as uh, Mike Tirico so eloquently told me when he, he sent me a note a couple of days before, uh, to the only other person stupid enough to agree to do their first NHL broadcast on national television. <laughs> mm. Good luck. You're going to do great. Um, but yeah, so it was Caitlin Erka's idea. So Caitlin is a producer uh, at NBC, young gun out of the University of Michigan, who is just wonderful and passionate and full of great ideas. Um, she and I first met a couple of years ago when I was working a basketball game for NBC. And sometime in November, December, she had this idea because last year while she was working the Stanley Cup playoffs, A.J. Malesko, who was in the booth with me, uh, worked the game with Caitlin, brought her daughter into the truck after the game, and her daughter asked her mom, Mom, where are all the women? And Caitlin, something clicked when Caitlin heard that, and she thought to herself, well, there's women working this sport all over the country, but a lot of people can't see that because usually there's one, maybe two in a truck, but otherwise we're scattered, right? We're all mm-hmm. working our tails off, covering the sport other than me um, a day in and day out. It's their full-time job, but it's hard to know that because we're scattered. So Caitlin, I don't know if it's because she's young or what it is, just had this wild idea of what if just for this one day on International Women's Day, we brought together all the women who already cover this, the majority of them working on NBC affiliates throughout the country, and and do an all-women's show. And this is one of the things I've loved about NBC since I started working for them, that they take ideas from all different levels of people in the company. And Caitlin presented it at a staff meeting, and the powers that be bought in, and, the, and then the planning began. Um, and, and it sounds like even from some of the stuff that I was surprised to read this week that I was kind of the last cog in the wheel, and it was an absolute honor to be a part of it. Take me through that day a little bit, the nerves, the feelings, like once the puck dropped, how, what, what exactly was it like? Oh man, it was <laughs> it was a crazy day. Um, crazy because we knew that there was going to be so much more than just calling a hockey game on Sunday. Um, and thankfully, I've had a little bit of experience with a couple of things like this. I called a couple of 49ers preseason games back in 2016 on the radio, which was a first for a woman. And then the following year, I became the first woman to call a football game on the Pac-12 network, which is kind of my full-time gig these days. So again, similar to this, for me, I was just 
doing something I loved and, you know, it was kind of the next step in my career. But to a lot of other people, it was a big deal. So I had a lot of press coverage for those events that really prepared me for Sunday, which I was so thankful for because by the, like a couple minutes after we walked into morning skate um, on Sunday, we were already getting inundated with folks asking if they could do quick interviews with us and take pictures and ask us things, which is wonderful, right? But it is, it's a lot when you're <laughs> getting ready to call your first NA game um so did morning skate uh then you know did the dressing room chats with the guys um and then we had a production meeting at noon to kind of just run through the format and everything we were planning to do that night usually do that later in the day but there was so much stuff that we didn't have time uh went back to the hotel for about 45 minutes again that's that's much less than we usually get. There's usually plenty of time between either shoot around or in this case morning skate to kind of shower and get yourself ready and get your mind right at the hotel, but just didn't have that this time. So 45 minutes, changed our clothes, back to the arena for, for more interviews and behind the scenes uh, pictures and such, and then got up to the booth uh, a little after four o'clock and started voicing billboards and kind of trying to get in the zone and more people stopped by and I think the puck drop was the best thing that happened because then finally we were just able to focus on the game. That's what Kendall AJ and I were telling each other all day long. Can we just start this hockey game? We just want to get to it. Hi everyone, welcome inside the United Center alongside Olympic gold medalist AJ Molesko. I'm Kate Scott. Another Olympic gold medalist Kendall Coinscofield will be with us momentarily inside the glass. But first AJ, round four, Blues, Blackhawks, what should we expect? It's a rivalry game. These two teams, they, they don't like each other. The cities don't like each other. And then uh, the game was a blur, but it was an absolute blast. It, it was awesome. You guys sounded great. It, it was really fabulous. I loved how they interspersed the stories of, of women in hockey. And you guys, you got the sport where, listen, I've covered sports now for 25 years. Um, you got the sport in which the guys are so humble. I can only imagine how good they were to you guys at morning skate whenever you did talk mm-hmm. to the coaches because that's hockey players. I mean, that's hockey. And what were they like with you yeah. guys? They were absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I'd, I'd always heard that, Peggy, because I'm out here in the San Francisco Bay Area and I'm friends with everybody who works at our NBC affiliate. And the folks who cover the Sharks have always said, just wait until you start covering hockey, Kate, because the guys are just top notch. They're unlike anything else. And I'm so thankful that I got to experience that firsthand because the guys in both dressing rooms, absolutely incredible. The entire Blackhawks and Blues organizations got emails from the GMs and the vice presidents and wishing us luck, asking if there was anything we could do um, that they could do to help us. Uh, Had private coaches meetings with Jeremy and Craig on the day of the game. I mean, they treated it just like any other broadcast that they would have with the NHL on NBC. And at the same time, it felt like they went above and beyond to make sure that we felt supported and comfortable. And it was also really cool that just talking to us, they they all kind of wanted to share stories about the women that they really look up to in their lives. One of the stories that AJ got to share during the broadcast that Jeremy Colleton's sister is also a hockey coach. I just love that. And he was just beaming with pride when he told us that and the guys talking about their sisters and their wives and their daughters. And so it was just a really great experience. And you are spot on. I cannot wait to cover hockey again because they are the, the best guys across the board. I loved the Jeremy Colleton. That was so eye-opening. Like I, even I went, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that is so right? cool. And you know what I is, know. is 
is really cool. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was in the Blackhawks dressing room for um, our uh, nonprofit in Chicago, Girls in the Game. They were uh, celebrating their 25th anniversary. And so we brought a girl reporter, a young girl, uh, into the dressing room. And she did interviews with um, Cubs players, Sox players, Bulls, Blackhawks, and Bears. And when we did the Blackhawks, one of the questions she asked was, who's your favorite athlete, female athlete. And they mm-hmm. mentioned their sisters or Kendall Coyne. And it was so cool to see Kendall wow. out there because they all mentioned her because they saw her at last year's all-star festivities and what she did breaking mm-hmm. history then. So it was just, it, it was just really super cool to see that, um, you know, they did have a true appreciation and you know, this is a generation of guys that, you know, their sisters, their moms played sports, their grandmothers played sports. So, you know, we're past yeah. the, the generations where it's something new and now hopefully it gets to become something more regular. Exactly. And and that was one of the really cool things for me to see too, that so many of the guys know Kendall because she skates with them during the summer. She plays men's league during the summer. And as I'm sure all of you know, uh, she's from the Chicago area. So she and Alex Debrinkit know each other. Alex Nylander and Kendall grew up skating together. She said she played against Connor Murphy and Olimata. She played against Patrick Kane a couple of summers ago. So she had this truly first person insight on what makes these guys good which was just so great for me to hear okay and aj growing up 25 minutes southwest of here in palos heights illinois i've been to the united center many many times but never have had a vantage point quite like this one here with captain alex petrangelo of st louis blues huge win for your club tonight can you take us through your goal the big key is for them to play their own game uh they'll be open thank you so much What do you think the broadcast means for the future of how sports are broadcast, especially on national television, considering how positive the reaction was? Um, Obviously, I don't think this is the last time this is going to happen, but in more of like a a broad outlook, what do you think that this is foreshadowing for the future? Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. I'm hoping that it just gives more women the opportunity to be a part of this fantastic industry. Um, you know, as I said in some of my interviews over the past week, I was always kind of suspect of these all women's broadcasts, right? They kind of felt a little bit stunty to me. And I'm so thankful that NBC kind of talked me off the ledge and said, look, it's not about you. We're not just trying to showcase you. This is about all the people that you're going to impact. And you are going to be the only one who people aren't going to know what to do with because everybody else has worked in this sport forever. And this is truly for them and to pay off all of their hard work and shine the light on them. So Jason, I hope that's what comes of it because I I hope that like AJ's daughter, when she walks into the truck, I hope that for maybe the first time, a lot of young people who were watching the broadcast saw, oh my gosh, I can be more than just an on-air person. I love working with computers. I could do graphics. I could do replay. I can be a camera operator. So that's really what I'm hoping kind of one of the broader impacts is. And then when it comes to actual broadcast in the next few years, I'm hoping that we prove to, to some of the powers that in the decision makers that, that we're capable of doing this at a very high level. So I don't expect there to be a, another all women's broadcast because I'm hoping that will mean 
we have been, you know, accepted that much further, just how AJ and Jennifer Bottrell and Kendall already have been, how they're working on NHL broadcasts throughout the league, that we can just kind of become more and more interspersed, be it on air, in the truck, and that, um, you know, sooner rather than later, it becomes the norm. There was a moment during the broadcast when Leslie Visser and some of the trailblazers uh, in, in women's sports broadcasting, they did a montage of their good luck wishes and their, their comments. And you said, oh boy, I, I'm getting a little choked up here. That got to me when you said that. Mm. What was that like for you to hear from all of these women who, you know, people say, oh, you guys are trailblazers. And I'm not saying, Kate, that you're not a trailblazer because quite obviously you guys made history. But there are so many now. It's been 40 years. And every time they keep calling women trailblazers. I'm like, come (laughs) on, it's 40 years. You know, Uh, but anyways. No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And thank you for saying that because I hate it when people call me a trailblazer because my response always is have you not been paying attention for the past 20 years let me introduce you to the actual trailblazers i like to consider myself part of kind of the first generation that's been able to walk through the doors that were opened by leslie and by beth moens and by people like you and so many others who were the first in their sports and their markets to actually blaze those trails so i like to consider myself kind of the second wave um and and that's why i said what i did we we were not aware that they had those clips or that they were going to run them. So AJ and I were both thrown for a little bit of a loop. Um, So I was just trying to be as honest and real as possible when I said that, because as somebody who, as I mentioned, has covered the NFL and football for much longer than I've covered hockey to see Leslie Visser. I mean, who, when it comes to the NFL, she is the number one trailblazer, her and Andrea Kramer. I Mm -hmm. mean, what they have done for so long to open so many doors for us. Um, that, that one really got me. And Laura Oakman, who also covers the NFL, she and I have gotten in touch over the past couple of years. Mary Carrillo is a huge role model of mine. I mean, all the women that, that they had these videos of, uh, it definitely forced me to try to (laughs) refine that composure because my truly number one thing since my career started was. I'm going to probably get lots of, you know, hate on social media every once in a while. And some coworkers aren't going to like me or my style. But if I can make the people that I have always looked up to proud, if I can earn the respect of the people that I respect, then I will have done a good job and I will have considered that a successful career. So um, so those those moments, those videos really touched me. Why do you think it's a play by play? commentary that's kind of the last area to catch up to like modern day conformities because everything else uh women are in locker rooms doing interviews women are on the sidelines women are on coaching mm-hmm, staffs mm-hmm. pre-game post-game why do you think it's a play-by-play that's sort of the last thing to catch up almost yeah that's another good question jason and you know i've tried to rack my mind about that for a couple years because i've been asked it a number of times um And I think it's at least twofold. I think the first thing is play-by-play more than anybody else is looked at as kind of the voice and the captain of a broadcast, right? Um, And for a lot of people, for a lot of sports fans, they expect that to be a male voice because it's just kind of assumed, as I'm sure you know and have seen with your mom, uh, if you're a guy, you just inherently know sports and you know them better than a woman. So I think it's taken a long time for us to slowly but surely gain some acceptance um, in that kind of 
confident um, and all-knowing role, I guess. That might be a weird way of saying it, but I think you guys know what I'm trying to get at. And then the other thing is, just like any other part of this industry, um, it starts when you're in high school and college and, and dreaming those dreams of what you want to be and then going to, to school and learning the skills you need to actually achieve that that job. And, I mean, I say this all the time. The first time I realized that a woman was doing play-by-play was when I was in college, and that was not that long ago. I, I graduated less than 20 years ago from, from UC Berkeley out here in the Bay Area. So I didn't even start considering play-by-play an option for me until after I after I graduated from college. So all the reps that all the guys are getting working for their college sports radio stations and college TV, right? I didn't get any of those because I thought the only option I had was to be a sideline reporter if I wanted to be on television or be behind the scenes. So I think the more that we can be visible like we were on Sunday um, and and everywhere else when it comes to play-by-play and every other sport – the sooner the young girls can think that that's something they can do, the sooner they can get into it and start learning the skills necessary. And then the easier it will be for the powers that be to take a quote unquote risk in hiring a woman. Amen, sister. I love it. Okay. <laughs> this leads us to our last question. And this is because you, you talked about Cal Berkeley, which we actually visited uh, recently. We did our round nice. of college stops. Nice. Although we have not decided to go there, I'm sorry. Uh, Jason just <laughs> recently announced that he will be going to UT Austin. So, oh, all right. That's a great one. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So what advice do you give him? And, and tell me that you had to scratch and take some of the silliest jobs ever in college just to get experience. Like, what's the kind of things that, you know, he should not say no to because you did <laughs> and it will just give you experience? Mm-hmm. Well, you should say yes to everything, Jason. And that is awesome that you're going to UT. One of my best friends, actually, my freshman year at Cal, uh, was from Austin. She could only afford one year of out-of-state tuition, but she really wanted to go to Berkeley because everyone had always told her that UT was the Berkeley of Texas. So <laughs> she came <laughs> freshman year, and then she went back to UT for her final three years. So I've just heard wonderful things about that school. Um, to answer your question, Peggy, Say yes to everything. I mean, I had the silliest internships where I wanted to poke my eye out with a fork um, just to get in with some of the stations here. I was trying to get in with the ABC affiliate in San Francisco uh, with sports, obviously. And they said, well, you know, our, our sports internships are full for the su- summer, but we have uh, the seven on your side internship, which Channel 7 is the ABC affiliate here. And it was kind of like their quote unquote investigative reporting journalism segment of the uh, of the news. And and I said, uh, OK, does that mean I'll maybe get to do sports next semester? And they said, yeah, if you do this this semester, we'll we'll try our best to hook you up with sports uh, in the spring. Uh, and I thought, OK, well. Investigative reporting might be fun. Well, it turns out they had this free Friday thing where if you sent a self-addressed stamped envelope into the station, they'd send you like a Subway coupon or, you know, a free Starbucks Frappuccino. So literally my entire six months of that internship, I never got to go out in the field once. I spent every day just stuffing envelopes and licking them closed, thinking to myself, how in the world is this going to lead me to sports? Um, And then I'm from a small town kind of in the Central Valley of California. And I interned with the ABC affiliate there during my summers, which I learned quickly. The smaller the market you can kind of find jobs in, the, the more fun sometimes it is because 
I was the one intern they had for the entire news department. So oh my gosh. I went out to, to the courtroom. I went out when dogs fell in holes. I went out <laughs> with the sports guys. And by the end of the summer, they actually trusted me enough to send me out on my own with a cameraman, ask the questions. I didn't get to be on camera because they were union, totally understood it. But I got to act like a reporter and I'd come back and then I'd sit with the producer and we'd kind of write the story together, which it turned out to be so helpful, right? Learning how to write is such an important part of TV, radio, everything. It's still so important to write. So those are just a couple of my crazy jobs. And then, of course, you know, doing the ones to pay the bills, like waitressing and pouring wine and doing all kinds of crazy things. Oh, but things. that, so that comes, a, in, that comes in handy later in life, the pouring the wine one. That's really... Exactly. <laughs> Wait, were you also... Did I read that you were also the mic man at Cal? I was, yes, <laughs> which is... They're just kind of yell leaders, but they're on microphones at our football and basketball games. And it uh, shocker, I think you guys probably are sensing a theme at this point. It always been guys up until I got to school. They wore Oxford shirts and blue and gold striped ties and khaki pants, but it just looked like so much damn fun. And I did a similar thing to that when I was in high school, leading cheers at our football game. So asked if I could try out, got to try out in the second quarter of a non-conference football game at the start of my sophomore year and got a great reaction from the crowd. So yeah, for my junior and senior years, in addition to starting to you know work on my resume with my internships and stuff, I got to travel with the football and basketball team. So it was, it was the best college experience. So that's my advice, Jason, just dive in, do whatever you want. Try not to get into too much trouble. You know, don't post too many things you wouldn't want mom to see on social media. But otherwise, <laughs> have a great time. Thank you <laughs> so she much. She will be following. Yeah, she exa- will. She will be following. Okay, thank you so much. We really appreciate the time. And, and um, when I worked at ESPN, I was an associate producer. I worked under the, the late great uh, John Saunders, and he used to tell me when I was leaving to pursue on air. He said, "Never tell them what you can't do." And I love mm. that advice because as women. Yeah. Sometimes we we wait until we think we're completely prepared before we go for a job, you know, instead of just taking the risk and doing something you've never done before, which is what you did in making history. Uh, March 8th, 2020, it was an incredible experience. And girl, you got stones and we love you for it. (laughs) Thank you, Peggy. And thank you, Jason. It was so wonderful being on with you both today. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Kate. Have a great trip. Wherever, where are you headed? Vegas, you said? <laughs> I'm headed back to Vegas. So I was there before I came to Chicago covering our Pac-12 women's basketball tournament. And now I'm headed back. Our men's tournament is this week. So oh, I love it's it. crazy. It's super long days, but it's, I mean, it's Vegas. It's really fun. Yeah. So. And enjoy it while it lasts. Okay. Because the, the career <laughs> flies, but really it's been great <laughs> talking to you and thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Peggy. Okay, now it's time for our tomorrow segment, and that's uh, predictions, Jason. You have some predictions? Let's let's keep it in the theme for International Women's Day. Okay, um, I think my first prediction is in one of the four major sports, I think that a team picks up a female primary play-by-play broadcaster. I know the Colorado Rockies had done one um, in the past, obviously the broadcast with the NHL game. Um, a lot of minor league teams do it. So I think in like the next three or four years, I think that we'll see a team hire a woman to do the primary uh, play-by-play broadcasting. I um, love that idea. Another prediction, or I guess non-prediction, I don't think we're going to see our first female president for a while. Uh, given the current state of politics, um, neither parties look good. So I think that it's going to be a little while before that. Um, 
And then I just think kind of as like a general thing, I think after, for my final prediction, I think after this broadcast, I think there's going to be more of like a um, infusion of women in more controlling roles in broadcasts. So um, obviously the the play-by-play, but also directing and um, hosting. And I just think that it's going to become more even between men and women, whereas right now I'd say it's probably more 75-25. So I know we don't typically do Q&A during your predictions, but you brought up a really interesting point. Katie Sowers was hired by the 49ers this year. Uh, A couple of teams have had assistant coaches. Uh, Baseball has started to bring women into their baseball operations and their scouting departments. Any predictions for women coaches? I think we're a little little ways away of that. Um, A couple weeks ago, the Spurs, Greg Popovich couldn't coach, and Becky Hammond's been on the bench for a couple of years and everybody thought she was going to be the next one up but instead it was Tim Duncan that was a head coach for the game and the Spurs won everything went really smoothly so I think that if it were the other way around and that she got the chance to coach and that the Spurs won I think that we'd see much more progression but I think just the fact that um, a man albeit with more NBA experience specifically Tim Duncan with over I believe 25 years now of NBA experience whether it be playing or coaching um, got the opportunity I think that the NBA um, would be the first one to open up, but still the NBA is such an experience-based organization, especially when it comes to coaching. Everybody wants experience um, within the league. So I still think that we're quite a ways away from a woman being in a primary coaching role. Maybe in women's college basketball where they're already um, – I think it's pretty split even between men and women. I think that it'll become more women than men. But as for the men's sports, I think that experience has always been something that um, the higher-ups have really valued when it comes to hiring coaches. So just that, not necessarily because um, somebody might think that a man is more qualified than a woman. It'd just be by virtue of having experience in that exact field or league. Doesn't Nancy Lieberman coach in that the Big Three tournament? I think she does. that you don't think that counts? That, no. The big three tournament's more of more of a entertainment business than an actual basketball thing. So no, I don't think that that's an indication of anything. Okay, so my closing thoughts, since we are talking about all women, I would like to thank all of those who have supported my women's organization, Girls in the Game in Chicago. I sit on the board of directors for this wonderful group. They empower young girls through after-school programs, one-day programs, summer camp, teen programs, and so much more. They focus on sports, health, and leadership to teach girls the skills that they need to be strong women in the future. And this year, Girls in the Game celebrated their 25th anniversary, having served 50,000 girls. I was the co-chair for the anniversary gala held in Chicago. It was an incredible night, record fundraising, record crowd. And now Girls in the Game can continue their mission of serving more girls. Here's a few messages that I got from my friends in sports to Girls in the Game. Hi everyone, Kendall Coyne Schofield here. I just want to say congratulations to Girls in the Game on an incredible 25 years. Wow, I could not imagine my life without sports. Because of sports, I've been able to meet some of my best friends, travel the world, compete in two Olympic games, go to college, and so much more. So thank you Girls in the Game for continuing to inspire girls to try sports every single day. Hi, Robin Roberts coming to you from my dressing room at Good Morning America. Just want to say, Congratulations, girls in the game. Has it been 25 years? I can't believe that. 
I am a proud product of Title IX. I played some hoops growing up, some tennis, bowling champion when I was 12 years old in Mississippi. All the things I learned, enjoyed, loved about playing sports have stayed to me to this day. So I want to say, way to go. Keep it going, girls in the game. Hi everyone, this is Basketball Hall of Famer, Nancy Lieberman, and I can't believe it's 25 years for Chicago to have girls in the game. It's an amazing organization. It's been over 15 years since I was honored, and I'm honored to be honored, I might say, uh, with an award by the organization. They're changing the lives of so many young women and young girls, and I'm just so proud of all the work that they've done in the community. Support them, applaud them, and make sure you're a part of our future going forward. There's a lot of other Olympians, Hall of Famers, and women who can coach in the NBA or Big Three. Do your part, and I'm proud of everything that Girls of the Game have done. Hey, it's Jessica Mendoza, Olympic gold medalist and MLB analyst for ESPN. I just want to congratulate you on 25 years of girls in the game in Chicago. Sports has been everything for me. Versus a young girl being able to have the opportunity to hang with the boys, play baseball, then open up so many other opportunities and play everything, by the way, soccer, softball, track and field, volleyball. If it was a sport, I was playing it. I'm so grateful for what sports did in my life. And I just want to congratulate you guys. I wish I could be there in person, but I'm there in spirit. Hi, it's Andrea Kramer from Amazon Thursday Night Football, HBO Real Sports, CBS We Need to Talk, and the NFL Network. I always say that when I was growing up, when I was about your age, I didn't exist. Meaning that there were no women that I could look to as role models and say, I want to do what she does. You know what else didn't exist? Programs that empower and support young girls on the field and off. Does that sound familiar? So on the occasion of the 25th anniversary, I say congratulations to Girls in the Game. This episode of the podcast, Yay Women, our thanks go out to Kate Scott play-by-play -play broadcaster for NBC Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Kate T. Scott. Also to Nancy Lieberman of The Big Three. You can check her out on Twitter as well. To NBC Sports and the On Her Turf Initiative, Robin Roberts of ABC's Good Morning America, ESPN baseball broadcaster Jessica Mendoza, NFL reporter Andrea Kramer, and NBC Sports Chicago's very own Peggy Kaczynski <laughs> for being a real trailblazer in women's sports. All these women have broken their own ground in sports broadcast and check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you would like to learn more, go to www.girlsinthegame.org or check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you, Adam Yaffe, for your support and your expertise. Artwork and logo is designed by Shay Knander. Please subscribe to our podcast, The Sportscaster and Her Son, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen. Reminder, if you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash sportscaster and follow the simple instructions. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and thesportscasterandherson.com. You can find my stories on Fanside and my mom's on NBCChicago.com. Thank you for listening. And if I can grab one last quote off the website from International Women's Day, 
An equal world is an enabled world. How will you help forge a gender equal world? Celebrate women's achievement, raise awareness against bias, and take action for equality. See everybody. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Yeah, women. It's yay women. Yay women. <laughs>